0: We're going to continue today in looking at this false religion that has crept into the, uh, the church today and into our country in a big way. And uh, I want to begin by just telling you a story. There was a man that was wandering in the desert. He'd gotten lost and he was just about at the end of his rope. His throat was parched and dry. He didn't know how much longer he could struggle uh, moving forward. When he runs across this guy as he goes over a ridge with a handful of neckties. He says, hey, buddy, would you like a necktie? Free neckties. I'm giving away neckties. Would you like a necktie? And the guy says, man, what do I need a necktie for out here? I get out of my way. I don't want a necktie. And just kept on going. He went on over the ridge. And there was one of the most fabulous restaurants he'd ever seen. And everything was just great. And he struggles up to the door. And he opens the door. And the uh, waiter is there. He said, could I come in and just get a drink of water? And the waiter said, I'm sorry, sir. No one is allowed in here without a necktie. (laughs) Well, I say this to share with you that many times I feel like the guy giving away neckties. Because you see, the guy that was struggling and thirsty, he had no use for a necktie if he didn't know he needed one. Just like so many people don't know they have need of a savior. And because they don't know they have need of a savior, they have no use for a savior. And it grieves me to see who those people are. Sometimes it's people that I have preached to for years. I just got a report back, uh, not long ago that a, uh, two leaders a man and a woman in a church that I've served in the past are now living together and they're not married. I mean, these were two people that served in in great capacities in, in the church and yet they have bought into this false religion that uh, has a different set of values than the Christian church does. And because everybody else is doing it, They see nothing wrong with them doing it either. I held out a necktie to them, and they didn't even know that they needed it. Do you see? They heard about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they know what sin is, or they heard what sin is, but they didn't really hear. And the reason why is why what I want to share with you today, because this is rampant in our country today. First of all, we've already looked in the past at a couple of things that are uh, important about this. And it's the, uh, first of all, the word relativism. It's uh, a the assumption that there's no such thing as absolute truth. Now, for example, those of you who say if you're in your 50s or, or uh, older, when you grew up, Everybody around you believed in absolute truth. There were things that were so, and they were always going to be so. What was true years ago is still true today. But in today's emerging generations, there's not a belief in absolute truth by most people. They say, well, truth just kind of floats, and truth evolves, what we what used to be wrong hey it's different today because the world is different today and so what used to be wrong may be right today you don't have a corner on truth so what is true to you may not be true to me what's true to me may not be true to you there's no such thing as absolute truth and yet the words that we heard this morning, those words that Avery read, those were the words of the disciple John, sharing with us what he and the other disciples saw and what they heard and the message that they had been told to pass on as the truth. And in the Christian faith, God's word is the truth it will remain the truth now this is where things started to get off kilter a bit i can remember whenever i was a, a kid growing up in cleveland texas there were different denominations and uh the thing is when it came to sin it, well, you, you, it, it wasn't just sin it was sins plural and every different denomination in town had a different list is it that way around here still today? Every, every de- denomination has a different list of sins. And, uh, like, uh, oh my goodness, uh, uh, the biggest example, Methodists, they danced. Uh, Baptists did not dance. And I wound up in a pickle because my mother wanted me to take dancing lessons. I mean, I'm talking tap and ballet. I hated it. And these dance teachers would come into town and and I would be forced to take tap and ballet, you know? Well, that would go on until the Baptists ran the dance teacher out of town. Let's hear it for the Baptist man. That's... I love the Baptist, you know, because <laughs> they rescued me from dance and from ballet and tap. I don't know how many times. But so, uh, anyway, uh, but there was the different lists. I went to school with some kids that mixed bathing was wrong. You didn't, you didn't go swimming. Girls and boys didn't go swimming in the same swimming hole at the same time. I mean, it's not, and they couldn't like have one on the bank and then the others go in. You did not go to the bank without with anybody, Anyway, with the other bunch with you. So, uh there was that. Some kids, they didn't watch, they weren't allowed to watch movies. They weren't allowed to watch TV. You know, so, Methodists, we thought we had it made. You know, all, all sorts of stuff we could do that other kids couldn't. But you see, there were these lists. And out of those lists, each one was holding their list to be the list that you had to follow to be a good Christian, to be a good person, and to go to heaven. And the lists were different. And since the lists were different, how are you supposed to know which list was really true? Well, let me give you the truth. It's not lists that matter. It's not a list that makes a difference. It is an allegiance. It is a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died to save us, not from a list of specific sins, but to save us from sin. And we all have sinful hearts. As the, the as the disciple and the apostle John says, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us. And there is such a thing as sin, and we just don't recognize and realize the ramifications of it. And as we have drifted from this concept of there even being such a thing as sin to be considered, sin has remained sin. It has not changed, and its effect on people's lives has not changed. The only thing that has really changed is that people don't have an opportunity to seek and to know the one who is the remedy, the one who can deliver us from sin, the one who can set us free and wash us and cleanse us and give us a brand new start in life. It's not a list of sins. It's sin that's the problem. And it's the problem that we all have. That's the truth. If it was not the truth, we would not need a Savior. And we know that there really was a Jesus. And we have accounts of what happened. If he had just, uh, if God had just come here, lived as a man and died uh, a sinless, after living a sinless life, we'd have a good man. If he Lived here, and he was, and he, he lived a sinless life, and he taught us things he wanted us to know about life. Then we'd have a teacher, a good man who was a good teacher, and if we had, if he if he healed, he'd have been a good man, a teacher, and a healer. And if he had uh, been one who was killed for his teaching he'd be a martyr. But what we have is a God who came to the earth in the form of a man, lived a sinless life, confirmed who he was through his healing, died the death on the cross, not out of persecution, but out of sacrifice for your sin and for mine. And see, ladies and gentlemen, because of all of that, and because God raised him from the dead, we have a Savior. If sin was not really a real problem, Jesus would not have had to go through all that. Sin is something that we need to pay attention to, and it's something that's not talked about in church today. And so welcome to San Philip Methodist Church where we want to make you feel really good. Uh, Anyway, but I'm telling you this because it is so important because sin has present complications. Whenever we're separated from God, we wind up living in darkness, and we can't really enjoy life. Sin has present repercussions. In our own lives and in the lives of all the people around us, the ripples go out. They go out, and so we have present repercussions, and it has eternal repercussions. There will be a price to pay for those who have clung to their sin instead of turning from it and turning to the Lord. And so, uh, we need to be aware that sin. Even though it's a little word, it's a big thing and we need to be aware of it. And so you've got relativism and then you've got subjectivism. And, uh, that is, uh, the belief that I, the subject, has the right to determine what's right and wrong without submitting my judgment uh, to any authority outside of myself. In other words, you have no right to tell me what's right or wrong. Since there's no absolute truth, You don't you try to impose, impose your truth on me. I will determine for myself what is true and what's not, because what is true for you may not be true for me. And uh, these two very common belief systems Relativism and subject, yeah, getting my tang tuggled here. Subjectivism, uh, have led to a huge shift in virtues and what is considered a virtue today. A huge shift at what people believe at their very core. For example, just think about this. What do you think is the most commonly quoted Bible verse in the world today? John 3.16. 15 years ago, you'd have been right. You know what it is today? It's Matthew 7. Matthew 7 is the most quoted uh, Bible verse today. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. That is the most quoted Bible verse today, and it is quoted by non-believers as much, if not more, than believers. Judge not lest you be judged. In other words, don't judge me. Even non-Christians, they'll bring that up. They'll use that. It's misused in order to justify what we're doing. For example, during the lifetime of Jesus, historians tell us that there was one virtue That was above all the others. And what do you think that virtue was? It was justice. God is a just God. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Things are supposed to be fair. You do something wrong, you have to pay. If you commit some kind of sin, there's a penalty. Justice. Well, today, the most common virtue in the world is not justice. In fact, in 85% of the cultures of the world today, you know what the most important uh, virtue is? In 85% of the cultures today, that virtue is tolerance. Tolerance is the most important virtue. There's a book, if you get a chance to read it, it's a fun read. Uh, Be Intolerant Because Some Things Are Just Stupid but uh, tolerance, that is the byword, that is the word for the day. If you're my age or older, uh, when uh, you think of tolerance, you think of putting up with someone or something that you don't really like. Uh, Like, uh, Sharon and I have this discussion, I've got permission to share this. Uh, uh, I've always wanted to get an earring (laughs) really you know what I wanted to get is a brow bar I have an ex son-in-law that had a brow bar I thought that was so cool but uh, Sharon doesn't really like guys wearing earrings or brow bars and so because of that uh, I know because she loves me so much that she would Tolerate an earring. She might tolerate a brow bar. Uh, I don't know for sure about that. But also, and I know this from experience, she will tolerate a beard. But she doesn't like a beard. But she has her right to not like a beard. She has her right to not like me wearing an earring or a brow bar, you see? I mean, that took, and back in the day, that's what tolerance was. Today, uh, tolerance means something else. The new definition is basically that all beliefs, all values, all lifestyles are equal. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you live as long as you don't hurt anybody. You can do whatever you want. Don't judge me. I won't judge you. There's no truth anyway. You can't tell me what's right or wrong. I'll make that determination for me. And therefore, I can do whatever I want. And let's all tolerate whatever beliefs or lifestyles that everyone has because they are all absolutely equal. If you could capture that mindset in a scripture, I think you'd find it in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time will come, and folks, that time has come. Listen to this. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their t- itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from guess what? The truth and turn aside to myths. Well, out of that has come three basic wrong assumptions that make up three beliefs of this uh, folk religion that's in the world today. The first one is so common, and that's the 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 chant is basically, hey, I'm not a bad person. I'm not an axe murderer. Uh, I'm 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 not as bad as you are. I mean, whenever I hit my thumb, yeah, I may cuss, but I don't use the words like you do. You know, so you're worse than me. I'm not such a bad person. They justify it. Uh, they believe there's two tools that that are used comparison. You compare yourself to other people. If you're not as bad as them, then you're okay. And the other one is repackaging, repackaging sin. Uh, comparison, I compare myself to someone. There's always somebody worse than I am. So I'm not a bad person. I mean, look around. A lot of people worse than me. Another thing, repackaging sin. I can kind of baptize sinful words and make them sound a lot better. For example, uh don't tell me it's wrong to look at pornography. I mean, I don't like that word. I like to call it adult entertainment. And that's what we do. You know, we are, we're adults, and, and this is our entertainment. This is how inter- adults entertain themselves. Uh, you know, don't say I lied. I just fudged with the truth a little bit. It's just a little white lie. It was just exaggerating. Everybody does it. Don't tell me I committed adultery. Well, I mean, look, I'm a guy. I'm just playing around. You know, I uh, we've all got our needs. And hey, you know it's not that big a deal today. Look, look around you. Everybody's doing it. Uh, it's not premarital sex. It's just, uh, well... You know, hey, everybody's doing it. I'm not a bad person. I'm not doing anything anyone else is not doing. I'm not a bad person. No absolute truth. And uh since there's no absolute truth, you have no right to tell me what to do or how to live. You know, who are you to judge me? It's my life. I can do whatever I want. And besides, you're doing bad stuff yourself, buddy. So don't get in my business. That's none of your business how I live. Well, don't tell me it's wrong because you have no right to do that. And besides, even if it is wrong, God's going to forgive me. He's going to forgive me anyway, right? Because you see, me and God, we've got this thing going. God loves me and he sends me to heaven and that's just kind of the way it is. I can do whatever I want, and it's not a big issue. That is the world today. And that is a lot of people in church today. You take belief number one, add it to belief number two, you get conclusion number three. These two dangerous beliefs come together together so that uh, you have the belief that I can justify anything that I want to do. And that's what people are doing today. That's like this couple that I told you about earlier today. That's what they're doing. And they are in the church. Now then, uh, I want, now for those of you who are not Christians, there may be some of you here today that aren't Christians really. And those of you that are listening to the podcast later on that you're not Christian, I don't have any problem with you living that way. I really don't. Because if you don't believe in God and uh, you don't believe in heaven and you don't believe in a hell, then you don't believe that your actions or your beliefs today are going to impact your eternity. And you might as well do what you want to do. Truthfully, you may as well just go ahead. Because why would you not? The ones I have a problem with are those who call themselves Christians and actually believe that their actions and beliefs determine their eternal destination. And basically, what they're saying is, well, God, I know what you say, but I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do. And there's a whole generation, ladies and gentlemen, of so-called christians that have that mindset that is the way that they believe through the years in fact i got a report on this just this past week and i've it's i've gotten this report i don't know how many times the first place i heard it from was from a daughter from my daughter uh who was uh uh she was a waitress for a while and uh I remember talking to her about how she must really look forward to to Sunday and serving the crowd uh, that comes in on Sundays. And she explained to me that the worst times of the week for her were Sundays after church and Wednesdays after churches let out a Bible study. That those were the times when the crowds of people that just got out of church came in And you would expect that they would be nice, that they would be considerate, that they would be loving. I mean, let's face it. They just came out of a place where uh, they've been reminded about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. They've They've just been reminded you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. They All these things are fresh on their hearts, right, as they race to try to beat the other denomination to the restaurant, right, and get there first to get a table. Okay, so they come in there, and they are rude, they are ugly, they are demeaning, and they are not generous tippers. That's many waiter and waitresses' views of Christian people. Of church people, and some of them will tell you, "Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church." And the reason why is because they don't like the way church people act. They don't like the way church people treat them. The thing is, are they really Christians, or are they just church people? Are they people that have grown up in church and they've done all the things they're supposed to do, and they're following their list in their denomination? And how you treat waitstaff has nothing to do with being a Christian, right? Do you see? There's a cog missing, and it's missing in a lot of different places in life. I see it missing in homes many times when I hear people talking to each other in such ugly ways. It grieves me to see how people that call themselves Christian treat each other in their families, Well, we're living in a really gray world, but I want to give you two black and white truths as I close up today. The first one is this. You may be saying, well, hey, I'm not a bad person, but you know what? That doesn't really make any difference because, see, the real rule of thumb is not whether you're a bad person or a good person. The real rule of thumb is, are you a sinner or not? And if you're a sinner, you need a Savior. Whether you're bad or whether you're good. There's some people this the bad kind of, the, the false concept is if you're good enough you'll go to heaven. Like there's this balance. No matter how much the good outweighs the bad, if you have a repented of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. That's it. Now I hate to be the one to tell you that in this time when there are major, major mega churches that are growing by leaps and bounds because they are willing to tickle itching ears. You see, like I said at the first, I'm offering you a necktie, folks. And if you are a so-called Christian that is trying to just add Christianity to your life and not receive Jesus as Lord, that means boss, boss, That means the one that you get your marching orders from every day. If you're just trying to add church to a life and think being good enough is it, you're in for a rude awakening because the truth is the Lord will return. And when he returns, he's going to judge, as we said this morning, the quick, the living and the dead. And you're going to wind up in one of two places. You're going to wind up being either sheep or goats. And it's what you do with sin that's going to make the difference in the world. Not sins, but sin. Well, so the first truth is you're a sinner and you need a savior. The second truth, truth number two, is that you don't have to die in sin. That there is a savior. There is a truth. There is a way. There is a life. And his name is Jesus. And you can settle for once and for all, whether you're going to go to heaven or you can settle for a cheap imitation of the truth and not be set free. Which will it be? Play in church or be in his? That's what it boils down to. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we pray this morning that we may be a people who know the truth, who see the truth, who live the truth, and experience the truth of your Son, Jesus, and glorify Him in all we do. It's in His name we pray. Amen.